Welcome to Wired Up Outdoors, the podcast that shares captivating hunting stories that truly deserve to be told. I'm your host, Colton. Come with me as we dive deep into stories, tips, and insights from real hunting adventures. Whether you're an experienced hunter or getting excited for your first hunt, this podcast is your ultimate source for all things hunting. Join us for these heart-pounding moments that make hunting an unforgettable pursuit. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Wired Up Outdoors. I am your host, Colton, and today uh, we got a special episode for you. We are talking about my first bull elk, and the experience wouldn't be as special as it was if I didn't have the two people that are sitting next to me, my youngest sister, Sadie, and my dad, Tracy. Hey there. Hello. You guys introduce yourselves. Hi, my name's Sadie. I'm Colton's little sister. I'm... 19 years old and going down to BYU right now, and I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Right on, right on. And Dad? Here we are. Just uh, Colton's longtime hunting buddy, so glad to be here. This is their first time uh, recording a story with me, and I'm really excited because we were just sitting here looking at our book of memories, just pondering over the fun stuff that we've done, and there's a lot. We've done a lot together. Me and my dad, Sadie, as of recent, the last few years, up until that point, she was maybe a little too young to go with us, but she's been on some hunting adventures with us too. Oh yeah, it's sure. been awesome. But my dad's kind of shown me the way, shown both of us the way of hunting. So that's been really cool. <laughs> but um, first, the fir- like I said, this episode... And we'll have another episode with them talking about another story, our Nebraska trip coming soon. But um, this story is about my first bull elk. And to kind of give you some context, my dad has put me in, had put me in for like every single youth hunt, every single opportunity that we could get to go and shoot elk and I mean, I think I wrote down here in my journal that I had hunted like seven seasons and hadn't shot an elk. Now, mind you, we weren't going for a spike. I could have had my handful of spikes or we could have tried for a cow elk, but we had seen five and six point bulls where we like hunting. And that was the goal was to try to shoot a five or six point bull. Dad, what was, what was when we deer hunt and stuff? What would you always tell us about the size of the deer? Well, on the deer, of course, we never went in for anything other than under a four point. But, you know, all this uh, podcast so far is not saying much for my guiding skills. <laughs> if it took you seven Sorry. years to get an elk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, think that's that pretty, is... I think that's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, no, we always just wanted to, you know, get – we're not obviously getting trophy permits – you know, in limited entry areas, but for the areas we hunt in, we always wanted to just have something nice to look at after we were done and, and elk meat's always really good to eat. So we had hoped to get one for a long time. It seems like that just, we always ended up in the wrong spot. You know, we decided to go in one, we'd seen elk in all kinds of places where we hunt and 
we would decide to go in one canyon one year and the elk would be in the other canyon and then we'd switch over there finally one year we decided we're going to go to the same spot every year it doesn't matter if we see anything i mean we always see elk in the area but you know we're, we're trying to chase around and really we just needed to pick our favorite spot and stick to it and so then that kind of leads into this you know colton eventually getting this elk yeah we and we still to this day hunt in this same canyon it's kind of our spot we we go there and it seems like about i don't know to me it seems about every other year on opening day or on a second weekend because here here in utah folks you pretty much get two weekends it's two weeks long and actually as of this year they split it up one week for a first weekend tag and a and another week for a second weekend tag so that kind of threw a loop in our hunting plans this year but the year that i got my first bowl it was two weekends pretty much and so like you said we decide we just go to that same spot every weekend starting off no matter what because the elk are there that they'll be there some years and some years they ain't but most of the time they're there right um so we had hunted hard and i mean like my dad said he's he summed up perfectly we just sometimes weren't in the right spot at the right time but that's hunting for you so sadie was this i can't remember was this one of the first elk hunts you went on with us or had you been on another one i don't exactly remember but i think this was one of the first ones i remember hearing all of the stories of going out and i remember i'd be waiting at home for you guys to get home and i'd run outside and look in the back of the truck and see if you guys got anything and for a couple years there it was unsuccessful so i was really excited though when i was finally old enough to get to go with you guys and i think this was my either first or second time going elk hunting very cool Well, i'll add a little to that this story starts way before when you actually got your elk though but as far as sadie goes you know uh, sadie had been elk hunting with us a few times and had always said that she was bad luck because Mm -hmm. when she would go we wouldn't ever see any elk and that included this year when colton shot this elk she was pretty determined that we were going to see nothing because she was there i remember that that's hilarious (laughs) yeah Sadie, up until this point, thought she was the bad luck elk hunting. Yeah. Well, I remember... When really it was it was just every time you came with us, it happened to be that off year that it's like, oh, we didn't see anything open weekend. Yeah. Like not even a cow. But. I I was really... I was always still excited to go, though. I remember when I was really little and I wasn't old enough to go yet. Like I said, I'd be waiting for you guys and be super excited. So when I finally got old enough, I remember that Christmas, I was like, mom and dad, I want some hunting clothes so I can go out hunting with you guys and elk hunting's my favorite and so I was really excited to get to go but I did always feel like I was bad luck because we never saw anything every time I went would you say elk hunting's your favorite I would say elk out of the is my few favorite. times you've gone hunting elk hunting's your favorite elk hunting is my favorite it's very cool it's super fun well right on right on that's that's why we do it um so back to kind of this story specifically um I have here written that it was 2019 when i shot this deer when i shot this elk um this spot that we go to it's a spot that we like going camping a lot and stuff um and so it's 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 pretty special that my first elk could be in a place that we go to a lot because and a lot of my hunting memories revolve around this place i won't share where it is because i want to give away my spots but 
um, it's cool that it could all come together with these two right here and with all my family members and stuff. The one person that isn't in it is Caden. I believe he was on his um, LDS mission at the time. Um, it would have been in 2019, but Caden always, my brother, Caden, always comes hunting with us too. And so we'll have to bring him on and talk about his elk hunting because a lot of our elk hunting revolves around this one place that we go to. So anyway, um, you got to back up a little bit though, or are you getting there? Do I keep, do on I keep this, jumping ahead? Season. What are we? Okay. Take her this away. Season starts with the elk cart. Oh yes. So Colton decided. <laughs> let's flip, let's that flip and look year, at this picture here. Okay, here we are. This year he was going to. We are going to go get a three-season tag, multi-season tag. I I'm not actually sure if they still sell those. I think they do, but yeah, the, uh, they changed the, a bunch of the rules this year. Like Colton you can mentioned. do here in Utah, you can do the archery. You can buy the multi-season, and that allows you to do all of archery, all of the two-week rifle, and then the week-long muzzleloader. Right, so we don't own horses, um, and if you're going to go to the Uintas to hunt elk, generally you need horses because it's a long ways in. But since we don't own horses, Colton decided, being a welder, that he was going to weld us an elk cart so that when we got 10 miles back in or so, we would have a way to get this elk out and not have to make two or three trips to do it. Pretty much a... a glorified game cart my version of a game cart for all those people that hunt whitetails and use them and everything so it came archery season and we took the cart and we went to the uenas and the first spot we went to was probably about five miles back in Mm -hmm. and anyway if i don't know if you remember any details about that place called tp lake i'm willing to share that because Spoiler alert, there was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't anyway. go there all the time anyway. <clears throat> We're mostly, you know, for the most part, we haven't been big archery hunters, but Colton wanted to try it out that, that year. The other interesting part about this story is that uh, Colton decided he wanted to use his recurve bow. <laughs> I got um, a I got a recurve bow for my grandpa and bought a brand new string for it. I re- Man, you're bringing up details I didn't even think about. Yeah, I had practiced all summer with that thing, got brand new arrows, everything. Now, as a dad, you know, not to take away your thunder or anything, <laughs> but I thought to myself, okay, we're going to go to the UNAs with a game cart <laughs> and a recurve bow. <laughs> okay, the recurve bow, I don't know how far that thing can shoot, but it definitely cannot shoot as far as a compound bow. <laughs> And so far, our luck with archery hunting is, what is the furthest one of these bows will shoot? Because we cannot get those things to come close to I us. Think, I think up until this point, we had tried archery when I was like 13, 14, 15. And like the closest we ever got was like 150 yards from a deer. Yeah. And then they would see us. Yeah, We had a deer get close enough to shoot, but then... You know, this is another story for another day, I guess. But a skunk chased us off the game trail we were sitting on. So that was kind of weird. But anyway, you know, archery has not been the one that we pursued the most. But we were going to do it. You know, so we, Colton did a lot of research as far as where he thought we could go. And we ended up in the teepee lakes over on the east side of the Uenas with our recurve bow and our game cart. 
the game cart did come in really handy for carrying our packs later, but yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that I do remember now, I thought that that place was going to be the bomb. I mean, I had done my research, looked at all these places and I mean, like my dad said, we hiked in four or five miles to the point where I'm looking at a picture and there's a bare peak right behind us. It's like, there ain't any more land for these elk to be on. I mean, we scoured the thing. I'm looking at another picture where we were hiking through a giant rock cropping and we sat on edges of meadows for a whole day. And I remember, I think we ended up seeing like a cow and a calf elk. Remember when we walked up around that one pond and they were right across from us? I mean, yeah, we did. That gave, that was a little encouraging, but I mean, other than that, there was like no sign, nothing. Right. And that same year you had talked to one of your friends that hunted out in that hunts out in the UN is all the time. And so we were really encouraged because he had videos of him standing in the middle of, you know, 10 bulls wandering around, you know, big giant herds of elk in the middle of trees. And we thought, Holy cow, there must be elk out there, you know, all over the place, but mm-hmm. the UN is, is a large place. And so, it, you know, you must have to be the in the right spot. spot. Yep. Pretty... One more thing on the game cart. You know? Okay, okay. The, game, more the game cart ended up being my demise on that trip. <laughs> we hiked that far. We didn't we didn't see anything. Well, that might have been a second weekend. Actually, the teepee lakes worked out fine. We no, just didn't no, see anything. No. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Remember, we went to the teepee lakes and we thought, well, this was an absolute bust after like two or three days. And so, like, we went one more day over to Red Castle. Oh, that's right. You remember? Okay. Was that all in the same? That was weekend, all in the same weekend, same week or whatever. Yeah, that went that went bad. That was that was not good. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up deciding we're going to hike back in about ten miles this time. The problem is, if you have a game cart with one wheel, both of you have to keep your hands on the handles at all times. And we're trying to move pretty fast, but it's two or three hours, four hours of just straight hiking, forgetting to drink water. Mm-hmm. And so as you get up in elevation, if you haven't drank a lot of water at, and you know, when you're at 10, 11,000 feet of elevation, you start to get altitude sickness, which is what happened to me. And so then it was just a problem all night. And the next morning we had to, you know, ditch our plan and hustle out of there, get, you know, get back down to a, a lower elevation so that I wasn't having problem with altitude sickness, which I mean, I, I will give you dad, I'll give both of us credit because we were camped at one point where these guys were going by us on horses and the guy walked up and he was like, holy shiz, how have you guys came clear in here with all that stuff? Like that's insane. And they were, they were all pretty impressed, but they're sitting there on their horses drinking their nice cold drinks, <laughs> just plowing by us. But, I mean, we gave it an honest effort, that's for sure. That, I forget the exact comment that they made about it. Something to the effect of, you know, that's dedication there. Yeah. When you're willing to haul a game cart this far back in. But, you know, they were they making fun of us or did they think it was real dedication? I don't know. Stinking horse guys. Yeah. Going back in there that Jeez. far. I know it's a do yourself, but when you got horses, you're privileged. You got you're you got special circumstances. Anyway, 
but no, that was, that was a lot of fun. Beautiful area. I mean, just once again, goes back to, we just weren't in the right spot where the elk were. I think one of my favorite YouTubers is, um, Randy Newberg. And, um, he said something like the elk are where you find them. And it may sound stupid. Like, well, no dust or lock. Like, yeah, when I find the elk, I find them, but like the elk, like being where they traditionally go and stay in the summertime. And when you find that spot, don't forget it. Cause they're probably going to be there again or whatever. So the UNAs, we haven't quite found that spot yet, but I totally forgot about that. Bringing all that up. For sure. That was the first first leg of this story, for sure, was um, the archery hunting part of it. So after after archery here in the state of Utah um, is the rifle. And archery goes from the 1st of August till September, the end of, or the 1st of August till the 1st of September. And then they have, like, all their kind of limited entry hunts. I think they have, like, a youth rifle right there. But general rifle is the first weekend in October. So jump into the first weekend in October. Um, it's rifle hunt. We're getting ready to go. We normally go up to this spot. We're able to drive to it from our house. Um, and it's only about an hour away. And we have our camp trailer already set up there and everything. So we stay the night in our camp trailer. That's one of the fun, fun parts about this place is we, we have our camp trailer and we're all able to go and just sit and talk about years past and stuff and see the different, I mean, just all hang out and play card games every so often or whatever. I mean, that's, that's kind of the cool spot or cool thing about going to a place when we've already got camp set up. But anyway, opening morning comes Sadie Sue's with us. Um, I don't know, Sadie, pick it up. Where, where, where are we at now? Well, I was... T- tell us a little bit of your side of this story. Okay, well, I do think that staying in the camp trailer is one of the best parts of the whole trip. I just think it's so fun. We're always in there having a good time, eating some good food and talking and laughing. We always try to go to bed really early, and I'm always like, no, like let's stay up and hang out some more. And you're like, no, we need to go to bed early because we're getting up at the butt crack of dawn. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sure enough, we did. What time did we get up? Like 2 a.m., 3 a.m.? It may have seemed like that, but I bet it was only like 5. Oh, well, it seemed really <laughs> early to me. My family makes fun of me because every time we all sit in the sit in our camp trailer, I mean, to give it some perspective, we wake up from our camp trailer and we drive like five minutes down a dirt road, and then we're to our spot where we're going to start hiking. So it is, it is kind of funny or they make fun of me a little bit because when they're like, Oh, let's wake up. Let's wake up at five forty-five. I normally say five or let's wake up at five. No, let's wake up at four 30. It's always just, a, just a little bit earlier. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I like getting to my spot. I don't like getting beat. I know it's good though. But anyway, so we get up and we get in the truck and we start driving down and I'm excited, but also I am a little bit doubtful that we're going to get anything. I don't know. I'm just kind of there more for a good time. And I was not feeling very confident that we were going to see anything or even up until like, I mean, we'll keep going with the story, but even even up until when things were happening, I was like, 
yeah, whatevs. Like <laughs> I was having a good time, but I was like, we're not going to get anything. No way. And I was, yeah. So we were walking down the trail and, and sorry to cut you off, oh, but where, where we park is at the top of this Canyon and we hike down, um, this kind of old, old road way, if you will, it's all overgrown and trees are in it and stuff, but we hike down into this Canyon mm-hmm. from the top and we have a pretty well-established little spot where we overlook this saddle in this canyon. And and this kind of goes back to that whole, we've decided to sit in this spot for years because the elk tend to be right in that general area. Anyway. Yeah, and so we're hiking down and it's like pitch black. Can't see anything. It's a little bit spooky, you know, so I'm kind of staying close to you guys. And I think... I think it was this time when we were hiking down that we saw a moose out in front of us. I, I remember now. Yeah. And yep. it was kind of off in the trees and we were fairly close to it. Our spot, our spots right past a little dried pond. Mm-hmm. And it, remember it was laying on the edge of the dried pond. Yeah. And it was just sitting there and dad flat, dad normally carries a pretty good flashlight. And I remember you just laser beam the thing and it's like, whoa. And we could we've see done that. Eyes. We've done that a few times with moose. They yeah. they sneak up on you. Oh yeah, they do. We they have. Do. Mean. I don't know if we wanted to share this story, but in this same canyon, we hiked down there with Papa before, and he's gotten really close to a moose. So close that we all had our guns on the moose just in case it decided to attack him. We didn't shoot it. In we case did anyone's not. Listening. Did not shoot it. Yep. No. Oh no. Didn't even fire a warning shot. But we were. No. We were determined if that thing was going to plow over Papa, it, we were going to take it out. But Papa yeah, no, Papa no just Papa just held onto his walking stick and stuck his head down. And I remember turning turning around. This is not the same story, but this is another time, obviously. And Papa turns around and goes, "It ain't gonna hurt you," and just kept walking. <laughs> he is a brave man. Meanwhile, we're all sitting there like crapping our pants because it's a hundred yards away from us and it's only ten yards away from him. Yeah. We've had a few of those things chase us, so yeah, we were a little leery. They're a big animal, and they're a little spooky when it's pitch black outside and you can't see anything, and then all of a sudden you just see its eyes and your flashlight. It's pretty spooky, but so it was right in the way of the trail, I think. That's I can, why we couldn't I can keep see, going. Sadie, why after these stories that me and Dad come back with, when you win this time, seeing a moose in the trail was pretty freaky. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, I heard, I've heard the story about Papa, and I don't know. I've heard other scary stories with moose just because they're huge animals and so they can be pretty scary so yeah I was a little bit spooked about that and we were trying to figure out because we had to walk like right past it I mean it was on the trail basically or on like the cutoff of where we needed to go mm-hmm. so I don't really remember if we just like waited because we were trying to be really I, really quiet if too. I remember right we like waited and just kind of like kept hitting it with the flashlights and it finally just got up and walked the other way but yeah well, and it's, I mean, you're trying to be super quiet in case I, there is any elk nearby. You don't want to scare them off. So we're basically tiptoeing down the mountain, not saying anything to each other. And then see this huge moose and trying to figure out how to get rid of it without making a bunch of noise. It so. put, it was kind of a dilemma in the whole, in the whole getting down there and getting in the spot quietly. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but yeah. But then we made it to our spot. Made it there. Made it to our spot. And when we made it to our spot, we, I mean, I'm imagining 
based on how we've hunted this spot before, it was probably like six o'clock and it was like an hour probably before shooting light. That's kind of our general, general, uh, procedure, our, our training plan, if you will, or whatever that we, we have down to a science on this spot now. But anyway, we, we get down there and we waited and Sadie, what was, what was happening as it was getting light? What was, I mean, this is like one of my favorite part of the stories that I think what kind of all got us all riled up. What, what was happening? Oh yeah, for sure. So we're sitting there and I don't know, I'm probably like eating a snack or something at this point, just kind of chilling. Like we, we like carrying muffins down, yes, right? We do Big like our muffins. Sam's club muffins, chocolate muffins. Thank you, mom for getting those for us years and years. Yes. They are a classic hunting treat, but I'm probably sitting there eating a muffin. I don't know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, we just hear these elk bugles, right? That's that's what they're called, yeah? Oh, yeah. The, el- the bulls were bugling. They were going crazy. And I'm sitting there, and I mean, I think it's, like, awesome. I mean, I haven't been on as many hunting trips as, like, Colton and Dad and Caden have. So I didn't fully understand what was going on. But Colton's, like, freaking out to my right, and Dad's freaking out to my left. And I'm like, whoa, this must be a pretty big deal if everyone's freaking say, out. hold on there for a minute. Dad... She was freaking out too, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. I yeah, feel like I was, was freaking out, but I don't know. At I first, mean, it was more of freaking out, scared, like, what's going on? What's why going why on? is this so loud? And I why mean, does it seem like they're so close? To, <laughs> yeah. to give it some perspective, these elk were not like hundreds of yards away, and we heard them off in the distance. We had walked down in the dark and sat in our spot, and these elk were at this point, I'm guessing, 100 yards away. Yeah, and if there that were far. And if that far and there were multiple bulls just screaming i mean screaming this is the first week of october and people always talk about like oh september's like when they're in the rut i don't know what this was but they were like full rut mode i mean they were freaking out and so yeah it got all of our hearts pumping that's it did. for sure it did i feel like it was really encouraging right off the bat because we hear all these elk bugling and we're like okay there's something in here like we know there is I mean there's some years we go and we sit down in there and we don't hear anything and it's like except for the guys on the other property chirping their cow calls yeah that's all we're hearing that always gets you a little excited and then you hear one that goes and it's like nope nope oh not it yeah so right off the the bat it was super encouraging the objective of this spot is you're sitting at a, somewhere where you're hoping for about 150 to 200 yard shot. You know, I just thought I'd throw that in there because it'll lead into how this actually Oh, happened, yeah, no, but, totally. Good point. But the saddle we're watching where there's a big game trail and we've watched, you know, lots and lots of elk run out of the property on this game trail. It's, it's sitting at about 150, 200 yards. You know, sometimes there's a good spot where you could get maybe a 300 yard shot and... You know, there's obviously some things where you could shoot further than that, but that's kind of what you're you're aiming for. Is uh, you know, you got your stick set up and you're you're swinging around at hopefully about 200 somewhere right in there. Yep, yep. That's I also the goal. feel like too, if it's any further away, then maybe some of the other guys on the mountain have a better shot at it before we could get to it. So it's right. kind of got to be right in a close yeah, tradi- proximity. Traditionally, this spot that we hunt, there's people that come from several different directions to look in this one area where the elk like running into. And it's a big thicket of oak trees and just really thick stuff. And 
we all tend, I mean, we know that the elk like running into there. So like you were saying, Sadie, I mean, a 200 yard shot for us might be a 700 yard shot for somebody else. But I think our position tends to be a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. We tend to see a lot of, a lot of elk run right by us at about two, 300 yards, like my dad was saying. And that's important because as it got a bit lighter, these elk start coming. I mean, we can hear them getting closer and closer to the point where I remember hearing like footsteps. They weren't bugling, but I could hear elk moving by us and it's still too dark to tell what's going on. And this spot that we're in, we're, we're watching the saddle, but to the right and to the left of us, there's some aspens and thick oak. And so, I mean, we're sitting in kind of a clearing, but I mean, what, what happened next, Sadie? Pick up, I mean, right as it was getting light. Right as it was getting light, I just, I remember exactly like you were saying, we could hear them off into the trees to the right of us. And at this point, we're all on the edge of our seats like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? Like, it's about to get light. Are they going to jump out? Um, Yeah, I'm trying to... Kind of thinking these things were going to run right over the top of us, you know? I mean, at this this point, it's, it's light enough to shoot. It is. And we're, we're sitting there hearing all these footsteps, freaking out because there's actually elk in the canyon, but we can't see any of them because they're on the same hill as us. I mean, they weren't out in front of us like years past. They were on, on our same sitting hill. Right next to us. Right next to us. And I mean, 50 yards out in front of us pops out this cow elk. And then right after the cow elk, I remember there was a calf elk. And at this point, I'm scrambling for my gun. What were you doing, Sadie? I just freaking out. I (laughs) like there's one right there. Colton has written in his journal here that my eyes were wide as they could possibly be. I remember my heart was pounding because I was like, oh, my gosh, what is about to happen right now? So my heart's pounding. My eyes are like popped as wide as open as they could be because I just didn't want to miss anything that was going on. And I was on the edge of my seat. My stomach's like hurting a little bit because I'm so excited and I'm just looking out. Too much chocolate muffin. Too much chocolate muffin. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just looking out and I'm just so excited and yeah, just waiting to see what was going to happen. When, when those first cow elk popped out, dad, what was your, do you remember like what you were first thinking? I just thought, get your gun ready. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully there's a bull right behind them. It's happening. Well, yeah. I mean, and this all just was just seconds. I mean, yeah, we heard all, for about an hour, we heard all the noise, the commotion, the bugling, the footsteps, the brush moving. Yep. And so I think we were actually initially a little surprised, okay, it hadn't run off. Or they escaped above us and we didn't, you know, because they're on the same side. Yeah, and we've, we've know, had that in years past where, like, before. we get in there and, yeah, we hear the elk and then all of a sudden light comes and they're gone. Right. That happened to us this year. The, yeah. They were, the light, I mean, first weekend it the light came and the one bull that was in the canyon had ran clear down and got shot by somebody else. And then second weekend, the cows, we heard cows, but then light came and there was nothing. Right. I also feel like when I was sitting there and we saw the cow elk pop out, I just remember being like frozen where I was sitting. Cause I was like, don't move, don't move, don't breathe. Don't do anything to me. Like scare him off. Cause I was trying to be so quiet, but I was so excited that I wanted to just like be antsy and move around and like 
but you were trying to get ready and yeah I just remember trying to hold as still as I possibly could because I was like I don't want to spook anything or like scare anything away you know I guess another part of this too because we're trying to get you know that 250 200 yard maybe even a 300 yard shot you generally have your scope dialed up to about a 14 you know and so that when you're looking at a two three hundred yard shot you've you've got a good view of the animal you know nice and close and that's what your you know all your dots inside your scope are set at for your different distances and so that that led to be just a tiny bit of a problem in this situation yeah because when the cow elk walked out and then the calf elk walked out sure enough like you were saying dad we were hoping a bull came right behind him there he was i mean he stepped out and once again this happened within 20 seconds i mean if that 10 seconds cow elk walks out calf elk and then this bull comes out and i remember he stepped out and he was letting out a bugle i mean and it was i mean those suckers are loud i mean it's just oh yeah i mean our hearts pumping the adrenaline's beating but i do remember that like it stepped out and it caught me off guard because he like and mind you i'm like looking through my scope at this point because i'm just following each elk that pops out waiting to see horns on one I mean, I wasn't being too picky other than I kind of wanted something that had multiple points. And so I was just waiting for a branch antlered bull. And sure enough, he steps out, but that bugle ripped and it was like, holy crap. But then bang, I shot it. Yeah. And I just remember shoot. I mean, well, I you, remember, shot, you shot at it. I shot at it. Yeah, yeah, that was the problem was I remember shooting at it. And in the scope, I can remember it vividly just seeing a body of tan. And I knew I was shooting at the bull because I hurry and whipped up and looked at its horns and then was on its body. So I knew I was shooting the bull. I was not shooting at the cow, not aimlessly, but bang shot. And I just remember it flipped right back around and was in the trees. I mean, we had no time to even see if I hit the thing. Right. No time. So what, what happened after that? Well, I remember you saying that because we were like, did you hit him? Did you hit him? And you were like, I don't know. You were like, I checked to make sure there was antlers. Then I went down to its body and I took the shot. And before, I mean, I don't even know what I was doing. I was probably like peeing my pants. I don't know. I was freaking out. So I couldn't tell. And dad, I don't know if dad could and tell. I, well, it was I, so fast. I remember kind of second guessing myself because that exact thing you said, dad, like I'm on 14 power and we're, and mind you, these things stepped back out at like 50 yards. You know, when you say, you say 50 yards, that's, that's what it measured out to when we, you know, when we got around to settling down and everything, you know, when we get to the end of this story, it ended up measuring out to about 50 yards away, but 50 yards with an elk that size with the giant loud bugle right in your face, basically, it seemed like he was about. 10 yards or 20. I mean, they are, I mean, they seem really close. Yeah. And so, you know, just the whole experience of having that elk be that close to you and being right on a group of cows and bugling right after them. I mean, he was just doing his thing, you know, and so he wasn't concerned with us and just to have it be that close was, you know, that's why I mentioned you shot at an elk. It's kind of like, wow. I mean, if you could hit one that close, it seemed 
too close. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, where was our bow and arrow when we were serious? <laughs> like, yeah. The one time one gets that close, hunting, we don't have a bow with us. We're <laughs> now hunting rifle and I've got, I'm hunting with a 300 wind mag. And like you were saying, dad, I mean, my scope can go from six to 20 power. And the reason why I have that rifle is so that I can reach a little farther. I could have shot this thing with my pistol if I really was a good uh, shot. <laughs> it oh, seemed that the way. Thing, it was it so the thing way. was so close, it it freaked it, us out when it came out. Oh, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. It we did. were all shaking. I remember that, too. I mean, I when I shot, I had no idea where I hit it. I just aimed middle body because, I mean, holy crap, one intense moment. I mean, that was insane. It like kind of, when that thing popped out, it kind of took me back a little bit because I had never seen an animal that was that big before. And it was so close to us. I remember- A wild animal. A wild animal. That big. So close to us. And I remember telling Colton and my dad, it felt like I could reach out and touch him. He was that close to us. His body was just massive and it felt so close. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, just insane how big those things are. Yeah, so we waited a few minutes, you know, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to, and and wait there, just be quiet still, so that, you know, assuming that you hit the elk, and and so that's what we did. Then we decide, all right, well, let's go down to the spot that you shot at and right, check right for where some they, signs, right? Right where they stepped out. We went right where they stepped spot. out. We were going to go down there and look around and see, all right, can we see any blood? You know, do we see any any sign that you hit this elk and you know, you were pretty sure you did. And it, you know, that's, we all felt like you hit, you did, but it was just I mean, so close. My you know? scope was full of tan and I pulled the trigger. So I mean, right. Yeah. So we walked hope down you there and that close. <laughs> yeah. We walked down to the spot and we get looking around and sure enough, we see some sign that you shot. Well, an I elk. do. I do remember right when we got to the spot, we saw the cow and the calf that was with it run out the bottom yeah we did and so that was kind of encouraging that it was i do i do remember that vividly thinking well he's not with them so i mean but then again in that moment we had heard what seemed like i mean it sounded like hundreds of elk but it ended up probably being what I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get there with the rest of the story. Twenty or thirty or something. Twenty. I mean, maybe or you want to tell what happened right after that. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like my dad was saying, we got down to the spot, and I mean, Sadie. I remember at this point, Sadie was just freaking out because it was like, holy crap, we just saw these elk this close to us, and I remember we found a little bit of blood. But while we were in that spot, we turned back up and look. At where we were just sitting. I mean, our spot, we've kind of kicked it out a little so that we can sit our little sitting stools down. We have these little three-legged tripod stools that we like sitting on. And anyway, we're we're sitting right, or we look right back up at our spot and out pops a cow elk and then another one and then another one. And like you said, dad, we ended up seeing like 20, 30 elk. Yeah. So we're just... Sitting at now we're down at the different spot, fifty yards away, looking back up at where we were just sitting. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. And all 20, elk 20, 30 cow elk came out. Yeah, and all these elk are just running exactly where we were sitting. And and Sadie, what was in what was the last one in that group? A gigantic bull. A a a great bull. I mean, one of the bigger ones I've seen in the wild for sure. Right. 
And, and so I, know I, I was like, well, you missed. Yeah. So shoot him. Like, so, yeah, and mind you folks, I mean, the, the bull that I shot at, like I was saying, stepped out. I looked at its rack, saw that it had horns. And, the, I mean, there's no, like, legal bulls on an any bull unit in Utah. You can shoot it if it's got horns. And so I saw it had horns. I shot. Well, here's another elk that is a big six-point bull. And, sorry, Dad, pick pick up right there. What, no, you're, what? you're good. But Colton has always been great at having a good presence of mind to make sure. And so he questioned. He's like, no, I'm I'm positive. We have sign right here. I'm looking at that bull. Now, granted, this six-point bull, this, this is like the, the picture-perfect thing. This thing walks out. It stands right where we were sitting, right I mean, right on the spot. Broad, broad, broad side, side broad turns side. his head and looks at us. And he probably stood there for 10 or 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, 20 seconds. I mean, long enough, enough to, for us to debate back and forth about should you shoot this thing or enough, not. Enough for me to get my gun up and... Yeah, you we're, your we're sitting up. there talking, and I go, "There's no blood on it." Yeah, there's You're no like, blood. There's no blood, and there, there's blood here. There's no blood on that elk. That is not the same elk, which blew our minds. Yeah, because we're like, "Holy cow! How could there be two really nice looking elk right that walk right across our spot?" Well, in the heat of the moment, looking back on it, I am shocked that I didn't shoot at that elk, because up until this point, up at Sourdough, it's. It's normally, I mean, what we traditionally have seen is four or five cows and there's one bull with a group, like little groups of elk. We don't, where we go, I mean, it's not like we see these big groups of elk. Yeah, with they're multiple these, They're these little, the little groups, right. yeah. And so, I mean, I'm surprised I didn't shoot at that elk again. But well, it I mean, doesn't surprise me because we've, we've been in those either. situations before and you've always had a great presence of mind to make sure you're doing the right thing. A very and responsible hunter. Yeah. And that you, you know, and so well, you just looked you. at it and said, well, I'm sure I shot, I'm sure I hit that other one. And so I'm going to just have to let this one go. Now talk about a hard thing to do. Yeah. Because here goes this beautiful elk and we watched it walk away from us yeah it didn't even run it, it walked didn't even run it just walked yeah, off into was, the trees so that was pretty tough i a remember tough thing to do i remember when it walked over into the next into the next set of trees out of sight just turning around and thinking we better find the elk that i shot at because if not this is one another story where the big one got away Two oh, yeah. big ones got away. I remember thinking that same thing after we sat there because we had sat there for a moment looking at the blood and trying to think where your elk could have gone. Not really sure. And then we were like, we better find it and he better have hit it because that's going to be really sad. And I mean, I, I haven't even really thought of it up until this point. I'm sure we thought about it years ago, but at the same time, I mean, what the crap? What I mean, Kane's on his mission. The one time we don't have two guns. Yeah. Is the time yeah. we see two big giant elk? I mean, what the crap? <laughs> Seriously. So anyway, this big elk walks over into the next canyon. And I remember, I mean, once again, there's multiple people, multiple groups that like hunting this canyon and stuff. This other group, sure enough, it walks out onto another ridge. Bang, bang, bang. They got it. Right. So, I mean, so even crazy. more so you wanted to make sure to find... The elk that you shot, which commenced the next probably 
oh, half hour, 45 minutes of searching. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the longer the searching went on, uh, the more desperate Colton became. Well, I mean, yes. yeah, I, we we were walking. I remember we were walking in and we found that. I mean, we're talking a few drops of blood. Yeah. So the scary part, the scary part is I remember we walked through the, these oak trees and there was this big grassy hillside and it was like looking at it like, well, the elk's not here. Right. Like, like we would see him right here. If he was right here, the elk is not right here. What the crap? Where's my elk? And then, I mean, I can only, I, it's like PTSD now. Cause it is <laughs> just running through my brain. Like, holy crap, that big elk was the elk I shot. I must've just grazed him or something silly and couldn't see the blood. I should have shot him again. All these thoughts start running. If we go talk to those hunters, I bet there's another bullet hole somewhere on it. And I just lost my elk. Well, we search and search and search. We all spread out on this hill because the only blood I think we ever found was right where it was standing, right where it was standing. And eventually we're high, we're walking around and I was low on the hill. I remember vividly this part too, looking up and my dad goes, Hey, look up at me. I I remember you just saying something like, Hey, look up here. And right there below you, right at, right at your feet. I could barely see the horn sticking out of the grass. You and came I mean, hightailing up the mountain from... Yeah, were, da- you, were you up by dad? Yeah, it was... Me and dad saw it and dad pulled out his phone because he's like, this is going to be a good reaction. And he started videoing and he was like, hey, Cole, or I think something's up here for you or I don't know, something like that. And I just remember you like giddy as could be hightailing up the mountain trying to get back up to us. I I remember the one, the one part in that moment that I remember other than the thinking I had lost that big one, but I knew I had shot at a different elk or something was when you actually said, Holy crap. I, or Hey, and I knew that you found it. I just remember saying I, I could, I could cry right now. Yeah, I could cry. <laughs> Cause like I said, the first, the story that was like seven years of just not quite getting one. And, right. and, 30 seconds before you finding it, me thinking yet another elk that slipped away like good crap. Well, and in our, in our family, you know, we're, we're trying to be fair. And so one year Colton would have a tag the next year, Caden would have a tag. And so, you know, you didn't always get a chance to hunt every year. And there were a few years, there was one in particular that was pretty, you know, kind of, funny now not maybe as funny back then where colton could clearly see a very big five six point elk and we could not get caden to find it with his gun. oh my gosh that and was a frustrating colton one. watched the elk walk away so see, here me, again he's had yeah. to watch an elk walk away and we're thinking sitting maybe it was his where where my first elk right here died we're sitting about a hundred yards up the hill from when that story happened Right. We're, we were actually sitting on the edge of the dried pond that that moose was at that we just talked about. And yeah, that was that was frustrating as I'll get up that year when me me and dad clearly were looking at this elk and we're like, Caden, how are you not on it? It's right there, like straight in front of us. Shoot the thing. Shoot, shoot, shoot. It's gone. It yeah. was like. Seems like something I would do. 
<laughs> not be able to find something on a mountain. <laughs> All right. Well, well, that's another story here. That is another we'll, story. we'll talk about that one. Okay. That's 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 another podcast. That is we'll, another. podcast. We'll bring podcast. that up again. So keep that in mind. Sadie's story of not finding something in the scope. That's to come. <laughs> so we, I, we, I'm, I mean, that's kind of the story, folks. Is we found this elk. I mean, I've got pictures. I'm sure I'll put them on Instagram and on the YouTube page. But we field dressed them out, and I mean, I well, okay, I I left out one part when that I just remembered when I shot the thing, I remembered looking at Sadie and she was shaking that I had actually shot a shot at an elk. Mm -hmm. I totally forgot about that. that. I mean, you were, you were like jittery. I was just so excited. I mean, it's, it's honestly like a little bit emotional because it's just such like a beautiful animal and just like to be up there. It's like almost spiritual. It's just so like, it's amazing. It's just such an experience. You're so grateful when you shot the elk. I mean, we were just so happy and so grateful for, you know, the opportunity to be able to do something like that and to be together and to just create those memories. It's something that's just really amazing and something you'll never forget. And yeah, it was just a very exciting, humbling, like grateful experience, like moment and opportunity that we had together. I thought you were going to go all animal lover on me there for a minute, like making me feel bad I shot something. Oh, no. I just. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I get what you're saying, though. It is. It's a pretty humbling experience. Like, I just took down this massive beast of an animal. Yeah. And like, it's going to feed us. It's it's a gorgeous animal. And I mean, it. it I totally get what you're saying, though. Yeah, for it, sure. It, it is. It makes you feel very grateful that we have those opportunities at our fingertips. Yeah. I mean, that we can go and do that and make those memories year after year after year just because we live in such an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not everybody in the world gets to do something like that. But oh, it absolutely. is. It's very few, I think, actually. Very, very few. And yeah. so to be one, I mean... Here I am saying I hunted seven years for an elk, but some, and I mean, pity poor me. I think some guys go their entire life and they don't shoot an elk like what I just shot. And so it's like, you know what? I mean, I should be very grateful for all the opportunities that I got an elk. But this one was pretty special because it was my first and I'd put a lot of hard work into getting it. So pretty awesome. Here I'm looking at a couple pictures. I got one. I don't know if I want to put it on Instagram or not because it's kind of embarrassing. I'm not the most fit guy, but we like we like doing a pose. We call it the Vladimir Putin, and that stems. <laughs> that's not politically correct. That is these days, but oh yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, it I don't know. It Vladimir Putin is known for shooting his big game, and then he stands over him with a leg on their on the body of the animal, shirtless. <laughs> Yes. So here I am in a picture holding my gun, shirtless. I mean, I don't have the most flattering body out there. But uh, anyway, it's a good that's, picture, a, that's a fun one too. I Real quick, when we were like, oh, what's the word? Getting the deer all clean, the deer, the elk all cleaned up and stuff. Is this the time when I stabbed the stomach and it smelled really, really bad? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, we had to Sadie, hightail out of there. Sadie we were cutting into the elk and you dropped the knife 
you go, look, when I, you were poking at it, like, look at how easy it is to cut into this animal. And you dropped the knife and it went. Yeah, just, that was bad. That was bad news. Oh, that was, I remember that. Luckily that we were done. I was glad we were all packed up. Yeah. And packed up yeah. and ready to go. Cause that was funny. But also, I mean, another part of it was when we were packing out, I got to thank my uncle Gary for coming down. He was hunting in another spot. We'll have uncle Gary on here. Cause I mean, he's hunted with us a ton before, so we'll get some stories with uncle Gary, but he came down and helped us pack out the elk and left his hunt to come help us. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, that's another pop. piece of the story though, is packing something like that out where we, where this place is, we go, you know, it's only maybe three quarters of a mile down in there or something like that. It's not, it's not real far, but it's steep. It is a steep and climb. You throw a hind quarter of an elk on your, on your backpack and it is just crushing at least to me yeah now you know i'm not a former football player or big wrestler or something like that but you know just a normal size guy and that that much weight on your pack can be crushing trying to go up a hill so I mean, that I've, was that was a lot of work getting I've, that out i've never weighed like a quarter of an elk like a hind quarter even like the big meaty part of the elk but that thing's got to weigh 150 100 pounds oh yeah i mean it's a heavy thing. I mean, holy crap. And Sadie is not much help with carrying out any sort of you were part a huge of help. the elk. You carried all of our guns, all of our jackets. I carried the jackets and the guns. You carried the gear, yeah. Hey. Which, I mean, is just as awkward <laughs> carrying all these. Trip. Carrying all that. Nope, serious. But um, also, we're sitting here and I, I'm looking at a picture of us on the tailgate of, of Papa's truck. I remember coming up to the gate. And my grandpa hunted with us a couple of years, but he's gotten to the point. I mean, just he's getting old, just can't hike as far or whatever, but he has done an awesome job at always coming with us and being there at the end of the trail to see what goes on. It's kind of, kind of another fun part of it to have him there and celebrate a first elk. Pretty cool. And he's always been great to drop us off at the top of a canyon and drive around and pick us up at the bottom totally so we don't have to hike back up so a lot of credit to him on that but yeah yep it's it's a good way for him to get to be a part of it and experience the fun with us and it's really fun to have him there well right on guys i mean that is kind of the end of that story i will have to post pictures and everything once again please go and visit the youtube channel go and visit instagram Listen to us on Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the good all the good places. So um, please thank you again, Sadie and Dad for Thanks coming for having on, us. For Thanks coming for on having us. I appreciate it and I'm sure we'll have you guys on again talking about more stories. We gotta follow up with talking about the the big buck that got away from Sadie. Oh, yep. Story for another day. Story for another day. Anyway. Keep you posted. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening.